This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome to PuckCast with Statsman and AJ. That's Rotowire's hockey podcast show. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My partner on these pods, as always, is AJ Scholes. You can follow him at AJ Scholes24. That's A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z-2-4. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about the seventh week in the NHL season. As always, our aim is to identify the most added and dropped players, as well as new roster opportunities and storylines around each team. I'd like to welcome my co-host, A.J. Schultz, a guy who has his hands full with his baby girl and a workload outside of this podcast. My late dad often said, A.J., if you want something to get done, give it to somebody who's busy. My co-host <laughs> certainly fills that bill, and I like think, to think I do as well. So uh, how you doing, partner? Well, Paul, I'm, uh, I'm going to be actually adding uh, one more thing to the workload here. Uh, we talked uh, last week about the marathon. A lot of people have been asking if I was going to do another one. Um, at the end of February, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to go cross country ski, a race called the American Berkebiner, uh, all 50 kilometers of it, uh, in order to raise money for the fight against ALS, uh, 50 kilometers for our U S listeners is about 31 miles. Uh, so a little bit further than a marathon, but you know, cross country skis, you get some downhills, you get a little of uh, rest time there. So I'd just like to ask, as I said, I'm going to be raising money uh, to fight against ALS. If you or any of our podcast listeners want to lend me some support, I'll tweet out the link today. It's also pinned to my Twitter feed as well. So I'd welcome any and all support uh, in that fight against ALS. Uh, but before we kick off the rest of the show, I'll just remind our listeners that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, you can tweet at us and we'll try and answer those questions. Uh, as Paul said, you can follow me at AJ Scholes 24. You can follow Paul, the Statsman, at Statsman 22. What a great initiative, AJ. That's awesome. We're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, in the coming weeks, I hope. Uh, when are you doing that again? End of February. Yep, it'll be the end of February, okay. February 24th. Uh, that's it's my bir- actually that's our birthday. For yep. Both of us. It- <laughs> yep, it's uh, birthday. So in lieu of presents, Paul and I uh, will ask for uh, for some donations there. That would be great. Well, I'm going to d- donate for you. That's an awesome thing. I, I hope our, a lot of our listeners do, but I, you can count me in for sure. All right, then. Let's go through our 31-team outlook and pick a storyline or two from each of the clubs. AG, beginning, of course, in alphabetical order with the Anaheim Ducks. 
We thought the Ducks would be a contending team at the beginning of the season, but a slew of injuries uh, has beset them, and yet they're still two games over 500. Uh, that was before last night's game, while uh, dealing with six guys on the IR. That's a testament to the depth and quality of this team. Injuries on the blue line have afforded Josh Manson, though, uh, more high-leverage minutes, and he responded last week by chipping in with two goals and three assists while seeing his ice time increase to over 20 minutes a game. That's just one guy that stepped forward, but a whole bunch of them have in in Anaheim so far. Well, yeah, and they actually got Cam Fowler back last night. Uh, So while they were banged up on the blue line for much of the early part of the season, I mean, Lindholm missed time, Fowler, Vatanen, they're actually healthy there, and all the injuries uh, seem to be with the forwards now. But as you said, Paul, they're getting healthy. I think one interesting question that's going to be coming up that fantasy owners will want to keep an eye on is once they get some of these healthy forwards, I don't think they're going to be able to keep both Jacob Magna and uh, Francis uh, Boschman on the lineup there, I would expect one of these guys to potentially be on waivers. Um, I would lean towards Boschman, uh, just because Magna is kind of a younger prospect that they won't want to give up. Um, but either of those guys, if, if waived could certainly, uh, you know, get a, a look by clubs and I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody take them. Uh, but yeah, if they can get healthy, how well this team's done without Getzlaff, without Kessler, Eves has missed a bunch of time. Uh, they become that much more dangerous. And as you said, Paul, they're already doing a good job of staying above 500 and in, in contention for the postseason. And up next uh, in Arizona, I got a good look at their young roster, and I didn't like what I saw from the home team perspective because they took the Leafs out, but uh, we'll get into that, the rest of that in a sec. Uh, this young roster that's looking for some players to show their growth is heartened by the recent efforts of one Anthony Duclair, who has three goals and two assists in his last four games. And his ice time peak at over 16.5 minutes in his last game. He's also prominent on the club's power play, so good pickup there for probably low cost if you're having to spend that FAA B, uh, B money in, in your season longs. Brandon Perlini, for his part, he scored last night, and he has moved up to the first left-wing spot while averaging two shots on goal per game and getting the top power play work here as well. It looked very effective, as I said last night. Uh, this team is not very good uh, on uh, in terms of their overall re- all record, so I can't get excited looking lower into their depth chart than, say, the top two forward lines and maybe the top pairing on defense, so they've certainly enjoyed a Canada-wide trip. As I predicted last week, I said, watch out for this club in their Canadian road trip. Could be the highlight of their season. And look what they did, AJ. They swept games in Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto over the past few days. So uh, good for them. That was That's going to go down as their highlight. This is a team that's not going to make the playoffs, but they certainly showed me something. The future will be brighter than the present, I'm certain. Yeah, three-game win streak definitely uh, changes the dynamic for this club. Uh, it definitely is going to boost some confidence in some guys that have been you know, struggling. A couple guys that you highlighted, obviously the goaltending uh, situation. It's great to see Antti Ranta finally starting to come into things. Now that first game in Montreal, he got bailed out, uh, gave up four goals, but the last two just two to Ottawa and to give up just one goal uh, against the Maple Leafs, especially as the road netminder, uh, that's saying a lot. Uh, That's a potent, potent team. Uh, We can talk a little bit more later when we get to them about what might be uh, uh, causing that, uh, that slack there. One concerning thing is while some other guys are starting to heat up, Clayton Keller's starting to cool off. He's got just three uh, assists in his last uh, several games here, uh, three points in the last seven. And so it just seems like they can't get everything quite clicking. 
And I think that's going to be a lot of what you see out of this club for much of the season. But once they can get on all the page, and, and I think Rick Tockett's a great coach to, to bring these guys together. Once they can get on the right page, uh, get everything working together, I think this team has some definite potential down the road. And over in Boston, we've touted Anton Kudobin as one of the better backups in the league. And he started the uh, two of the games the Bruins played on the recent road trip, managing to extend a personal streak of eight games unbeaten in regulation time. His goals against and save percentage, in fact, are considerably better than his uh, starter, uh, Tuka Rask, and that may mean more starts uh, in the near term for the hotter goalie, and Kudobin certainly is that guy right now. In terms of their offense, their uh, linchpin, uh, you can say, is Brad Marchand, a key team leader as well, and an offensive spark plug, obviously. He's sidelined with an undisclosed in- injury. I suspect it's back pain, AJ, but there's no timetable in for his return, and until they get him back, they're going to just be treading water. He means that much to this team, in my opinion. I absolutely agree there, Paul. They will get a boost. He is expected to practice today along with Ryan Spooner. We'll see if that shakes out. Uh, David Backus was on the ice uh, yesterday as well, Uh, and that seems like a pretty quick bounce back from, from surgery. Uh, and so it seems like things are trending in the right direction. I wouldn't uh, go jumping to throw these guys in your lineup right away. Kind of keep monitoring that. Uh, Tori Krug is another guy that's been out that is uh, looking on the up and up potentially. Again, no timeline on any of these guys getting back, as Paul mentioned. So I, I definitely think there's some uh, positive news there. And look, you know, I, I don't care how well Anton Kudobin does. It's, it's great that he's been performing well. This is still Tuka Rask's team. Uh, you know, yes, he struggled just one win in his last five outings, uh, four losses in there, 3.24 goals against average. But if this team goes to the playoffs, it's going to be because of Tuka Rask, not Anton Kudobin. Uh, and that that is just a matter of fact. Uh, there's no uh, goalie uh, controversy here, in my opinion. Are you telling me I'm trying to stir that up? That's not my intention at all, considering they're an Atlantic Division rival of my Maple Leafs. <laughs> Nothing like that underfoot. Another uh, rival in that division, but not one that I have any concerns about right now, though they have concerns over their own deployment of some of their offensive key paces in Buffalo. We spoke earlier in the season of, uh, well, recently, I guess, Jason Pominville's regression last week, and his scoring slump uh, slump continued with a five-game pointless string uh, intact right now. Yet this guy is still getting second-line minutes. Uh, Youngster Sam Bennett has been getting top-line minutes, though, while only producing one uh, point in his last seven games. On the other hand, Kyle Pozo is listed on their third line now. His minutes is, are on the rise, and he's got points in four of his last five games. AJ, I think they've got to play this guy a lot more than they are. They paid a lot of money to get him, and I think he merits first-line duty on a consistent 20-minute workload on my team anyway. He's certainly being paid that way, after all. Uh, they have worse issues on the left wing where no one is producing behind Evander Kane, but uh, last night uh, I was rocked by news that uh, they're considering dropping Jack Eichel, their le- offensive leader, uh, to a third-line role. I'm, I'm certain that's just to try and get a wake-up call, but it certainly bears watching. This guy signed a big contract, and uh, they got to have him firing in order for them to do anything at all. Well, I'm going to buy what Coach Phil Housley sell, selling on that one about there not really being a third line, uh, just different guys playing with different combos. Uh, and maybe it's a little naive on my part, but, but I'm going to believe him on that one. Uh, I, I think it's a good uh, idea to get Ico playing uh, with some different uh, pieces, kind of see what either he can bring out of them or they can get him going. Uh, so I actually like that move. 
I do think uh, as long as this team continues to struggle, as long as Evander Kane continues to produce three goals in the last four games, the trade speculation here is just going to continue to skyrocket. Uh, why this club wouldn't trade away a guy they potentially will lose in the offseason anyway, who's uh, been a little bit of an off-ice headache at times as well, uh, to you know garner some pieces, I think it'd be a great move for them. Uh, and really help set this club up uh, for the future. Uh, and then, yes, they have a, a very banged-up blue line, but Robin Lerner has been uh, just terrible of late, to be mm-hmm. perfectly frank about it. Uh, he's got just one win in his last five, a 2.82 goals against average. Uh, he needs to be better as well. Uh, and so I think nothing seems to really be gelling on this club either. A lot of struggles in a lot of places. Over in Calgary, we want to keep an eye on the Yarmer Yager experiment. They didn't pay a lot to bring in the oldster, but uh, they've got only a very small results for what he's done so far. One goal, four assists, and 10 games played. And his ice time's down to 12 minutes per game. On the other hand, Michael Ferland is capitalizing on his promotion to the first line alongside Gaudreau and Monaghan. He has five goals and three helpers in his last seven games and on the season eight goals four assists to date he's going to smash through career bests of 12 15 and 12 very quickly and that's a bonus that nobody saw coming so uh, if you're listening to this program this might be a guy that you can snap up uh, before some of your friends find out well and if you need kind of a depth uh, blue line option dougie hamilton's starting to turn things on as well a goal and three assists in his last six games uh, he's not going to you know reach in my opinion the 50 point mark that he did last year i think that was somewhat of an anomaly uh but he could be uh on tap for 40 uh if he can really start clicking uh he hasn't much this season it's been a slow start to the year but he's starting to show some signs of life and i think i expect uh, him to start uh going off and could probably be available in some of your leagues uh, with how poor he's been earlier in the season. Yeah, if anybody ba- bailed on him, it's to their peril. This guy, I think, could be consistently a 40 to 50 point guy. He's certainly getting power play time and a lot of ice time over there. So I echo your sentiments there for sure. In Carolina, Toivo Ter- Teravainen probably was the hottest forward in the past week. He's second most added player in fantasy in the week as well, seeing his ownership rise by 22% after notching five goals and five helpers in the four games he played last week. He's currently playing on the Kane's top line with Stahl and Ajo, as well as manning the left point on the first power play unit. So primetime minutes are coming his way, and he's rewarding uh, his owners and his team right now. If you're in a salary cap league or in a league where face-off wins are, are a factor, young Derek Ryan is returning good value as the Kane's number two center, and he also has five points in his last seven games. I bought into this guy a week prior, so I'm laughing all the way to the bank and the payoff circle here, AJ, <laughs> and I want to share my good fortune with our listeners there, too. If there's any club that wants to laugh its way out of the bank, it's definitely Carolina. I've talked about this repeatedly. Cam Ward as a potential uh, trade uh, uh, piece there. Uh, he's got wins in his last two, giving up just three goals on 55 shots uh, in those two outings. And so I think he, the better he can be is better for everybody involved in that situation. Uh, they get a solid backup for a little while. But I do think uh, I would be completely shocked if he's still with this club at the end of the year. I know it's something I've talked about repeatedly, but there's plenty of teams that really need uh, some help on, uh, on the back line there, on the goal line. And I think Cam Ward just makes too much sense for too many clubs and would fill a lot of depth gaps that I think Carolina has. They've got some top 
players. But when you get further down their lineup, both on offense and defense, I think there's some pieces that just aren't uh, matching where they want to go. And I think Cam Ward can help bring those in. You know, it leads me to say, AJ, I drafted this guy in a couple of leagues because of that very fact. I thought as a UF, pending UFA, he's going to be dealt at the deadline. I'm looking forward to seeing what situation unfolds in front of him. But at the same time, I can also talk my my fellow owners into a situation where they might want to speculate. and I want to see what I can get for him. So I'll win either way with those Cam Ward situations. And I think the Hurricanes will as well. In Chicago, one move that has paid consistent dividends for the Hawks is the 925000 they spent to add Jan Ruta, a 27-year-old who came over from the Czech League in favor of uh, looking for his NHL debut. He's playing at almost a 40-point pace along with a nice plus rating and almost 20 minutes per game. That's really good return on that low amount of money that he's being paid. Uh, so a solid ROI for people in the financial services uh, sector. Another veteran D-man, uh, I've got, I got to see this guy a lot in Toronto, Cody Franzen is also getting more minutes and has five points in the 10 games he's played to date. Listen, this guy's very keep, capable of keeping up that offensive pace. It's just, can he keep the defensive miscues down? That's been the bugaboo against him throughout his career. He's only a plus one year to date, but the play of both of these guys has certainly helped to stabilize a team defense over the last two weeks, AJ. Well, I guess we're going to play good cop, bad cop here today, Uh Paul. Uh, You talked about the good investment. I'll talk about the poor. Uh, For only a million dollars, Patrick Sharp seemed like an absolute steal to bring him back in. His point in the streak has now extended to 14 games. His ice time continues to drop. Uh, In fact, the last two games, he's logged just over 10 minutes, uh, 10, 11 minutes for those games. And so he's getting less opportunities as he continues to struggle. They are still using him on the power play in hopes of maybe getting that to to start clicking now for a million dollars not the worst investment but when you went into the season thinking hey we brought back this great player for us it's going to be an absolute steal for just a million dollars he's really not living up to any sort of expectation there yeah i agree with you that was uh, a speculative signing and it didn't turn out like a couple of the other ones that i highlighted so you can be the guy with the black hat today and you're certainly wearing that so <laughs> apropos uh in Colorado, like a few other teams, the Avs have been more successful than most observers, including us, uh, AJ, expected. Their surprising starts raised the profile of seven, several of their players who show up on the most added list uh, at this time of year. And I rec- recently highlighted, highlighted Alex Kerfoot as a guy who would get a top six opportunity. That, and, and now that he's got it, he's taken full advantage, piling up four, four goals, five assists in his last seven games. AJ similarly spoke of one Samuel Gerrard, who they acquired in the recent Matt Duchesne deal from Nashville, and he's immediately assumed a 20-plus-minute workload over here in Colorado and come up with a pair of assists and a plus-one in that span. We can give each of our, each other a virtual high-five for these calls, AJ. Nice work. <laughs> well, thanks, Paul. I do have some some general question marks about the, the blue line overall. I think Eric Johnson is kind of their one a guy who's adding some points. You know, you look at uh, Chris Bigris. He's been, uh, uh, hasn't scored since opening night uh, when he is in the lineup. And so there's uh, definitely some question marks here. Tyson Berry, I think, is uh, adding assists, which is great, but you need some blue line scoring as well. His goal drought is up to uh, 13 games. 
12 assists over that stretch, so that's not terrible. Um, but you definitely want some some offensive uh, some goals to come as well. So there's there's some bright spots here, but you know they've really got, in my opinion, like three guys that can contribute and three guys that really can't. And you want a little bit more parity uh, in your blue line there for both fantasy owners and for uh, for fans as well. In Columbus, look, I don't know if this move to center or a career trend of one year off and one year on is at play, but I'm off Nick Foligno for now. Uh, I, I touted him in preseason, but he's not delivering. Only eight points in his 20 games played. One indicator to watch uh, for players of his ilk uh, is the shots on goal rate, and that's down so far uh, year to date over what we normally would expect from him. In fact, team-wide offense is down here, and nobody would have forecast that. They've got a lot of size and skill combinations here, which I know I love, and I think the problem really stems from a collective lack of a productivity at center as Brennan Dubinsky and uh, Wenberg uh, the other two top centers are well off their career norms the strength down the middle is not as good as projected here AJ and that's led to a few issues in terms of the scoring column in Columbus yeah if you look at the overall team points there only their top five guys are even in double digits yet uh, through you know 20 some games played and so there have been a handful of injuries you know Wenberg missed some time as well uh, Boone Jenner missed time, but that's really no no excuse for the lack of offense from this club. Uh, not even really. I mean, even Artemi Panarin is only at 0. 0.71 points per game. He's their leading uh, both points getter and points per game scorer. Uh, and so there's really not a lot going on for this club. I think Panarin has not been quite the fit uh, that they thought he could be. Uh, overall, coming over in that trade, I think so far the Blackhawks have gotten the better end of that deal, bringing back Brandon Saad. And in Dallas, they've been trying to find a fit on the left side to go along with Jamie Benn and Alexander Radulov on the top line. They may have landed on something here with Matthias Janmark. This guy has not gone more than two games without a point all year. And now that he's found this opportunity, his ice time's at a peak level and his productivity should rise as well. They have an issue on their hands, though, with veteran Jason Spezza, AJ, who's stuck on two goals despite pouring 45 shots on goal in 20 games, which is almost in line with career norms. He's in a third-line spot right now with other younger players earning much more ice time ahead of him, and it's going to be tough for him to get a top-six rollback in this mix unless he really catches fire offensively. I definitely agree with that assessment, Paul. Uh, I, I think the the bigger news too for this club is martin hansel is going to be out for an extended right. period of time mark mathot is going to be out uh, even longer i believe uh, so there's some serious concerns there about uh, health of some guys who are expected to see significant minutes uh, they're heading into a back-to-back it sounds like ben bishop uh, will probably get both he'll be in tonight for sure probably going to get the second half as kari lettinen uh, and his wife welcome a, a child and so he'll be away from the team uh, for sure tonight, potentially tomorrow as well. And with Bishop having struggled uh, of late, uh, he's kind of hot cold. You know, he allowed three goals, then he had a shutout. Then he allowed five and six, and then another shutout uh, performance. So he's been very inconsistent lately. Uh, and I have questions about his ability to go uh, in both halves of the back-to-back, given how, just how inconsistent he's been. AJ, in Detroit, it's time, I think, for fantasy owners to buy into Andreas Antanasio as he's 
only owned in 20% of leagues out there, a, ch- a stat that I checked just the other day. Despite shaking off any rust after scoring four goals and one helper on 12 shots last week, maybe it's part of the disbelief in the Red Wings' st- a strong start, but this is a guy who is central to their rebuilding efforts, and he's at least worth a look in all Dynasty League formats because he does nothing but score when he gets regularized time in. Justin Ablocator has inherited the Johan Franzen role as the big body guy among the top six forwards, and he has a pretty good scoring touch around the net to, to go along with that. He's got a nice streak going with two goals and five helpers in his last six games and a fixture on their first power play. His ownership's got to rise too, I think. Yeah, Paul, I, I like what, what you're saying there uh, with all those guys. AA, I wonder, again, if uh, you know people expected him to slump longer after missing, you know, sitting out training camp in the first part of the season. I certainly think that probably has a, a, a factor in that. Uh, I do want to go on a little bit of a mini rant here. Uh, the Luke Wit- Witkowski 10-game uh, suspension, I think, was overblown. I, give it, I understand it's an automatic suspension. I get that you know, they have rules in place, but with how, uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, egregious the, the, uh, taunting on this one was with to Chuck, you know, hacking him as he's walking off the ice. I think the NHL should have some freedom to, you know, say, Hey, look, it's normally a 10 game automatic suspension, but we're only going to give you eight because let's be honest, you were really, really goaded into this. Now we expect our players to be able to rise above that. Um, but I, I really think there should have been some leeway here and not an automatic 10 game. Conversely, I think maybe, uh, because he provoked it, maybe to Chuck should have gotten a 10 game suspension of his own as well. Well, good calls there right across the board. Up next, we'll take a look at Edmonton. I have to bang the drum for one uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, AJ, who's making the most of his second-line role here. He has six points in his last six games and has looked good enough to allow the Oilers to experiment with Dreisaitl on the right wing. In fact, he's dropped down off the big line uh, right now, and he's joined uh, RNH on that second unit, while Drake Kajula has moved up to play with McDavid on the number one line. The Oilers also made a trade within their division, shipping UC Jokinen to L.A. in exchange for Mike Camilleri, who's going to settle into a third-line role, possibly getting into the power play mix, too, as a goal scorer. Mike Camilleri's a finisher, AJ, and uh, Edmonton can use more of those, uh, in my opinion. We'll look at the other half of that when we check out in the LA Kings next as we move up and out of the alphabetical order thing, too. Well, I'm not I'm not as hot uh, on the Mike Camilleri acquisition. Now, uh, I mean, I guess really... I don't see either of these players uh, contributing much down the stretch for, for their clubs. Uh, Camilleri uh, hasn't really done uh, anything other than like a couple uh, multi-point games. But other than that, he provides no points. So it's like he's got these couple of bursts, these flashes in the pan. He had two points against your Maple Leafs, had four against Montreal, which I'm sure you enjoyed. Um, But otherwise, he's pretty much scoreless in his appearances. So uh, it's very much, uh, you know, only a few minutes where he produces uh, at at a level that he used to be capable of. Uh, I guess change of scenery for both guys might make sense. Um, but I really don't think they're going to get 
a whole lot out of Mike Camilleri long term. Yeah, the guy who wins this one is Jokin, in my opinion. He gets to spend the winter in L.A. That's a pretty good deal there. <laughs> yeah. uh, he moves to the left wing as a depth forward for Los Angeles, possibly hoping to, for more of a two-way game from him. He's a little bit better defensively than Camilleri, in my opinion. The salaries on these guys pretty much inter- interchangeable. There's only $100,000 difference in their salaries. Cammy's deal has no trade protection, though, while Jokinen has a limited no-movement tr- no clause. I wonder if those factor into the decision as well. I also look at the current D pairings in Los Angeles and realize that they've paired an offensive-minded guy with a defensive-minded guy in each of their uh, defensive units, and I like that, but caution you against overrating the likes of uh, Derek Forbert, who's now partnered with Drew Doughty on that number one unit. Uh, I, I like Doughty, and he usually raises the level of play and the scoring totals of his defense partner, but I don't see it happening for Forbert here, and I'm not buying into that switch. Yeah, I think what concerns me about Jokinen is the line that he's playing with, whether it's Nick Dowd, who hasn't contributed uh, more than just an assist this season, or Brooks Like. I think the center uh, depth here is really lacking, and that's primarily due to the absence of Jeff Carter, uh, who's on the disabled list. If they can get him back, then you're looking at potentially a Nick Shore on that fourth line instead of either Dowd or Light, and I think that boosts it. So maybe Jokinen can offer uh, some offensive contributions once Jeff Carter gets back, but I don't expect to see much out of him until that happens. AJ, up next, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back here. One of the, one of the wise guys on this pod, me, actually said it might be time to lean on Roberto Luongo a little bit, and since then he's played in five of the Panthers' seven games and allowed only nine goals against. Off, so that's a, a pretty hot streak for the old-timer in, in the Nets in Florida. He's loving life down there, and it's showing right now in his play. I say ride the hot hand over there. Offensively, this is one rare club, club that leans very heavily on new, no fewer than four forwards. Uh, I'll name them Barkov, Huberto, Dadanoff uh, among them to play over 20 minutes a game. You don't see that too much around the league, AJ. And they are also the club's top four point getters too. I just wonder if the coaching staff is tempting fate here with such a skew and a heavy workload on these guys. They've got to stay healthy in order for this club to, to have a chance. Well, and we saw what happened last season when they weren't healthy. Uh, the rest of the team really just fell apart uh, with you know Huberto and Barkov spending time right. uh, on the DL defensively i think it's finally time uh it, some people probably have already but for me at least i think it's finally time to say aaron ekblad has been a bust uh had some strong seasons to start but every single year his point total has dropped off 39 as a rookie 36 the year after 21 last year he's got just eight right now and that's one assist in his last nine games uh his minutes remain Uh, In fact, he's playing more minutes this year than he has in seasons past, and the uh, productivity is just not coming with it. Gets a look on the power play, playing shorthanded, so he's being used in all three phases of the game, uh, but he's just not contributing. So from my standpoint, I'm going to finally put the bust uh, tag on Aaron Ekblad. I just don't think he's lived up to expectations. You know what? I think you nailed it there. And it's a shame because through his rookie season, I thought this guy was going to be a lock not only as a franchise player here, but certainly on a fast track to the Hall of Fame. That's how much I expected from him as truth to be a really signature piece on their defense, a dominant two-way player. But boy, he's really tailed off consistently. And it, uh, for those people who own him right now, hoping against hope, you, you spelled it out. The decline has been precipitous and consistent. 
consistent over his career. In uh, Minnesota, AJ, the wild coach Bruce Boudreau has said that Charlie Coyle will be returning to the lineup during one of their four games this week, and he's a top six forward that needs to be inserted in, in the lineup immediately. If you've got him stashed in your roster, as soon as he gets up to active duty, you've got to put him in yours as well. Uh, on this team, he's, he's in a prized uh, position player surrounded by high-end talent, and he should produce offense to his uh, career standard. Uh, he, he got 56 points last year in this company, and I think he should resume that pace soon after he gets his feet uh, wet in this circumstance. For me, also, Nino, Nino Niederreiter is a player to buy into. He uh, is going to put it all together sooner or later. I expect him to be one of the top scorers on this team for years. He's shown another glimpse of that total package with five points in five games prior to last night, and I think he added another l- a goal last night as well. He's playing first-line minutes with uh, Eric Stahl and Marcus Foligno, a good situation for him because Stahl is a veteran who will teach him the ropes here and uh, certainly try and get the best out of him as a good playmaking center should as well. Yeah, the the Wild actually welcomed uh, Charlie Coyle back to the lineup uh, surprisingly last night. Uh, that was a little bit of a late development. Uh, he logged 17 minutes, no points, no shots, just dished out two hits and one block shot. So as Paul said, still trying to get his feet under him. I probably wouldn't have used him last night just with him coming back uh, from that long extended absence. Uh, 16 games that he missed due to that injury, but he's at least back in the lineup and skating. Uh, The downside is by activating him, they move Zach Parisi onto long-term IR. So what that means for his uh, long-term outlook remains to be seen. Now we have him projected to come back uh, after the new year in 2018, uh, but I'm wondering if it could be longer by the fact that they're using that long-term IR designation. One interesting fact based on last night, it looks like, uh, you know, potentially Matt Collin could be a question mark to be in the lineup. Now, he did play last night, but just 10 minutes and 39 seconds of ice time. Uh, and, you know, his primary role is going to be uh, in shorthanded situations, I think, for them. But it'll be interesting to see if Coyle forces him out of the lineup uh, rather than perhaps Joel Erickson Eck, who they might want to keep in and develop further. Uh, I guess it's. Uh, beauty before age on this one paul (laughs) right in montreal uh, age was a consideration in terms of bringing charlie Lindgren up and he had a great early start but the love affair with the canadians fans is over after he was lit up for 10 goals against in two starts he didn't complete the second one against the leafs on saturday now the natives are pining for carry price's return again with no concrete timetable set in sight for their uh, franchise goalie that means that anti niemi may actually get a start with his third nhl club so oh, far no. this season i don't think aj can recommend him and i certainly won't hear i'm not sure why they uh, also on another note why they burned victor mete's first year of entry-level contract as they've taken him off the top pairing with Weber, and now uh, Jamie Benn gets that first pairing role. And you wonder uh, about Mete's development here on a team that's really struggling right now. Well, and certainly injuries have been a factor. I mean, you look, Arturi Lekkinen, Nikita Sherbach, Alice Hemsky, all on the disabled list. David Schlemko has been dealing with that hand injury throughout the season. Now, he is traveling with the team. That's a, a step in the right direction. And the same can be said for Carey Price, who's also expected to travel with the team. So, uh, But, yeah, Paul, to your point, they're heading into a back-to-back, which does open the door for Antti Niemi to potentially uh, play. He did get in a relief appearance against uh, your Maple Leafs. 
gave up one goal on just four shots. Another uh, outstanding uh, performance by him. <laughs> <laughs> Although, interestingly enough, uh, with a 5.45 goals against average in that game, that actually lowered his season-long number. So uh, looking up for him, I guess. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I understand what they're doing. Al Montoya is probably going to be out for a while. And they probably don't want Charlie Lindgren just sitting on the bench. Uh, and Niemi was available. So I, I guess it makes sense from that st- point, standpoint. Once Price is healthy, he's going to be your night-to-night guy. He's going to carry a heavy workload. They can send Lindgren back to the minors where he gets regular ice time. They don't really need him sitting on the bench. That's not going to help his development. So they borrow Antti Niemi for a little while, give him a couple games. Uh, and then once Montoya gets healthy, I would expect Niemi finds himself on waivers once again exactly could be on to a fourth team before uh, christmas <laughs> and in nashville aj in our preseason previews i spoke glowingly of one matthias ekholm on the blue line he's less publicized certainly the roman yosi and, and pk suban but last night he notched his fifth goal of the season and this pa- past week he ranked as the most added player in fantasy up by 30 percent in fact he now has 13 points five or six on the power play so far while averaging almost 25 minutes a game if you can add this guy do so asap he suban and yossi are all are three of the club's top scorers and uh, i expected that at the beginning of the season and i'm riding high because i do own at home in a couple of leagues and uh, think that you should do the same as well if you're looking for an underrated 40 point guy to choose among the forwards craig smith is your man this guy's been in nashville for a few years now and that's all this guy does you plug him in and he plays uh, top six minutes occasionally he's getting that chance right now streaking with five points over his last four games four last night in a second line role he knows the, what what the what it means to play in nashville a fun place and he's been thriving there for a while well i i predicted last night uh you know winnipeg and connor hellybuck have been a red hot of late but very few teams win at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, and so the recommendation was definitely not to use Hellybuck last night. And that definitely came to fruition as well. And one of the players that helped uh, make that happen is uh, Kevin Fiala, who we talked about slumping a couple weeks ago. He seems to be uh, back to, to what he can be. He's got six points in his last four games. And then Nick Benino has uh, hit the ground running after coming back or hit the ice skating rather. I don't know how that works, <laughs> uh, good. but he's uh, got two goals and an assist in his four games back from injury. And they've slowly worked his minutes up uh, in the game against Winnipeg. He saw 16, 23 of ice time. I would expect they haven't so far yet. Uh, and maybe they just don't want to tinker it, but he'll, I think he'll start getting a look on the power play as well uh, as you know he transitions back to being more full-time. And I would expect that ice time to creep up a little bit higher uh, to where he has been in years past, just over 16 minutes. Yeah, over in New Jersey, I look at Taylor Hall, AJ. He was expected to be a dominant left wing as he came out of the draft eight years ago. And for a time, he was certainly on that path, but he had slipped out of favor and wound up in New Jersey in fantasy hockey he's been a bit of a letdown in that stretch but and even in new jersey last year he was performing at a subpar level but that's all changed so far this season as he's been caught up in in the good start that the club has enjoyed he's got 20 points in 19 games played his current fantasy owners are enjoying this unexpected windfall as they finally see this guy reach the peak of his expectations in in fine style at the same time this young roster would be even stronger if marcus johansson was not on the ir there's 
There's still no timetable for his return. He's recovering from a concussion on November 1st, but has resumed skating on his own. Check back to Rotowire's website for future updates on this guy because once he gets active, he's going to get power play time and top six minutes as well. Well, I'm going to go over to the blue line, Paul, for a little bit of a tip of the cap to a Wisconsin native Will Butcher. Picked up his first NHL goal and then followed up with another one. So that's three points in the last two games. We've highlighted his assist contributions earlier in the year. Uh, you add in those two goals and he's got 16 points in 20 games. Uh, this is a guy that probably isn't going to carry a huge uh, uh, salary in, in daily contests. Uh, just because he is a little bit of an unknown commodity and so might be a guy that worth picking up uh, is seeing minutes on the power play uh, seems to f- have figured out how to start scoring and, and finding the back of the net so I think Will Butcher I'd be shocked if he's available in your season long leagues if he is pick him up uh, but definitely a, a daily uh, option for for our listeners very good call there on the island in York, York Islanders we spoke of the enigmatic Josh Hosang last week this Islanders forward has been forced into regular service because of circumstances with injuries around the roster. And actually, he's produced six points in the 10 games he's played this year. He's going to continue to get that chance with a long-term injury, going to keep Nikolai Kuleman out of the mix and another short-term absences for a couple of other teammates as well. In the Nets, Thomas Grice has taken over as the goaltending continues to flip-flop over here. He's taken over from Yaro Halak and winning four of his last five starts, while Halak was shelled for at least four goals in each of his last three starts. So really, if you're looking for a, a depth goalie, Grice would be the guy to pick out of these two right now. Absolutely, Paul. Uh, that's that's a great uh, suggestion there. Another guy I would suggest taking a look at is Anders Lee. Uh, again, probably not available in most of your leagues, but for, for daily options, he's got six points in his last four games and uh, really enjoying what we've dubbed the Tavares effect and getting some solid, solid production on that top line. And that the second line has changed a little bit, but overall kind of uh, a Barzil Everly seems to be a pairing uh, that's working out. Barzil five points in his last three games, and Everly uh, is you know finding ways to contribute. Not quite as many points of late, but uh, he does have the goals. He's got five goals in the last seven, although he's scoreless in the two most recent games. So uh, that second line, I think, is doing a lot better than we predicted. I, I know we, at least for myself thought this was going to be a very top uh, line heavy team but they've found a way uh, to at least uh, get a second line out of it although whether they have a third or fourth line i think remains to be seen uh we've spoken about the stumbling start of the new york rangers and last week i spoke of underperformers on this club and one of them rick nash has certainly caught fire with five goals and two assists over his last seven games aj he's going to be a ufa at the season's end and that may be something to watch if the rangers falter in the playoff hunt after having a side uh, so he could be in trade bait uh, situation by the trade deadline another guy who's uh, somebody to bear watching is uh Michael Grabner. This guy had a Cy Young type season last season, scoring 27 goals and only 13 assists. He was repeating that trend early on with nine goals and only two helpers, and was recently relegated to the third line with reduced ice time. So I say stay away from this guy for for now. I've seen this act in Toronto, and it's an ugly one. So uh, don't expect him to resume to that return to that rate of 27 goals unless he really uh, gets his head straight here. It's uh, it's not looking good right now. When I find it interesting that Matt Zuccarello has been kind of relegated to a bottom six role, uh, you know, it could have something to do with his eight game goalless streak, uh, but he has uh, 
you know, added six assists over that help that stretch. He's plus five. Uh, two of those assists have come on the power play. Uh, 18 shots on goal, so it's not like he's uh, hesitant to fire the puck. Uh, and so I find it interesting that he's kind of fallen. Uh, I would have pegged him for almost a lock for the the top line. Uh, maybe it's a move to make a little bit of depth, uh, but you know. May uh, not really sure, in my opinion, what's going on there. I think he's a little bit miscast in a third line role, uh, and I would like to see him move up uh, to the second or, or even the top line, uh, and uh, you know, get some more some more chances to play with some uh, you know maybe more offensively minded teammates. Right now, I spoke glowingly of on a high draft pick in Taylor Hall. I'm going to do the the opposite here with Matt Duchesne in Ottawa. His debut has been an abject flop as he's been pointless in six games with a minus six rating so far. After the after finally being moved out of Colorado, you thought this guy'd be super motivated and super productive. It certainly hasn't gone that way right now, despite his best efforts. He's expected to eventually thrive though with fleet wingers Tom Pyatt and more particularly Bobby Ryan on the flanks. So I say if you've got him, you can't really get rid of this guy right now, AJ. You got to hold on and see what he's going to deliver uh, as he uh, finds his groove eventually. He's too good a talent to, to stumble like this, though. This is ugly number so far. Injuries on the back end to Mark Borowicki and Chris Weidman have not only thinned the ranks along the blue line, but have taken away much of this team's physicality and toughness. The, the note here is that they've lost three games in a row to fall from the top tier of their Atlantic division, and uh, I wonder if it's related to the struggles on the blue line and, and certainly Matt Duchesne's uh, slow start here, AJ. Yeah, that's a great point, Paul. I, I really question uh, why things don't seem to be working for him, but you know, to what you said, I honestly think you're kind of stuck. I mean, you can't Right. You can't just cut a guy like Duchesne if you've got him in your lineup. You're, you are kind of just stuck with him. Uh, you know, Eric Carlson uh, is having a decent season, but he hasn't been heads and tails above the rest of the league like we've seen in the past. Just one goal uh, to show for the start of the season. 16 helpers, which puts him tied for second place with a handful of other guys for, you know, leading scoring defensemen. But we're so used to seeing, you know, Carlson and Burns you know, way, way above the rest of the, the league in terms of defensive scoring, you know, um, and Victor Hedman in there as well. And they've all three of them have kind of come back to the pack. You've got Alex Petrangelo and John Klingberg leading uh, right now. And so it's very interesting to see, you know, what's going on as far as defensive scoring. And perhaps it's something league wide uh, that's made that change. Not really sure. In Philadelphia, AJ, the promising career of sophomore Travis, Travis Konechny has stalled as the first, uh, 2015 first-rounder has been held to a single assist in his last nine starts. He should benefit, though, from a pairing with a good passer like Valtteri Philpola as they've juggled the lines here a little bit. Jordan Wheel's another guy who they count on for offense and has had similar struggles, and he's uh, day-to-day with a minor hurt right now. He's coming back from that injury soon and should slot back into a second-line role with Wade Sim- Wayne Simmons and uh, rookie Nolan Patrick. Both of these guys are expected to contribute much more than we've seen to year-to-date, so let's keep an eye on them. Uh, do either of them, in fact, get a recommendation from you in fantasy, AJ? I like Wheel's opportunity more, but think Connecty might be the better talent. So it's a bit of a coin flip for me. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Paul. I think I like uh, the tools that Connecty has uh, more than, than Wheel. Uh, you know, I, I 
think Wheel, as you said, is going to get more opportunities this year, uh, especially with, as you highlighted, Simmons and Patrick. So I think it comes down to, uh, as you said, it's a coin toss, but I think it comes down to what type of league you're in. If you're in a a single-year redraft league, uh, Jordan Wheel might be your better option this season. If you're in a dynasty keeper league, uh, then you're going to want to look at Travis uh, just from a long-term standpoint, in my opinion. So that's the direction I would go uh for these for the, these two guys great breakdown I, I agree with you there in pittsburgh i've been down on jake gunsell but he seems to be snapping out of his early season funk with three goals and one helper in his last seven games and he's retained a second line role with malkin and castle boy aj when it seems silly to call that unit a second like it they could be first line group for most other teams around the league gunsell's too good a finisher to lose faith in folks so uh, don't bury him and don't certainly don't give up on him uh, superstars uh, are all around him uh, all through this roster here and speaking of two of the superstars crosby and Latang have not missed a game that's a positive that i didn't whoa 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 paul stop trying to jinx us here slow they, down slow they, down they sport minus 12 ratings that's the bad part for both of them maybe it's just unlucky more than anything else oddly this team is scoring is down to 2.7 goals per game and less than two goals per game in five on five play aj i know that surprises me it must shock you yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I think the the team has always had a very strong power play, but the fact that it's so one sided uh, to five on five is is really a concern, and I think it's a lot of why uh, they haven't been quite as you know as dominant in games as they have been in the past. You know, sure, they're still third in the Metropolitan, just two points behind the Devils and the Blue Jackets. Uh, so by no means are they like out of it or, or you know, in the bottom of the, the division or something like that. But uh, it's definitely something that needs to get fixed long term. I don't share as much uh, concern about the plus minus rating for Crosby and the Tang simply because they were on the ice for a couple games in which we really got rocked. Uh, the 10-1 and 7-1 outings uh, come to mind. And so... The plus minus for those guys, I think it's going to be skewed for much of the season just because of those contests. Now, I'm trying to dig up and find my lucky rabbit's foot after Paul tried to jinx my team. (laughs) Uh, But in the meantime, I do want to talk about Connor Sherry. He's got two goals and two assists in his last four games. Uh, we've highlighted him and, you know, kind of been down at him periodically throughout it. Uh, he hasn't seemed to kind of find an even medium, you know, he'll struggle for a little bit and then get bounced down to a third or fourth line by coach, uh, Mike Sullivan. Then he starts to, you know, do a little bit better, gets re-promoted and starts to go off again. So you really need to watch where he's playing and kind of time your usage of him, right? Because he just hasn't found any sort of consistency yet. And it really, really depends on whether he's third or first line right now. Uh, in San Jose, AJ, with a few injuries up front and reports of his scoring play uh, exploits in the AHL, one Danny O'Regan, a guy with a name like, like O'Regan. This guy's German origin, <laughs> AJ. Surprised to me when I looked into his bio. He's earned a look in the NHL. In fact, he's even earned a point in his NHL debut last week, which included some power play time. He's working with Timo Meyer and jo- Joel Ward on a bottom six pairing, but uh, bottom six line rather, but uh, both of those veterans have good offensive instincts. It's a good spot for this guy to get dropped into. And so I expect him to get some more playing time based on that nice start. 
Speaking of nice starts, it looks like Tim Heat has earned a permanent spot on this defense despite no points in his last six games. That may have more to do with the fact that he still has 67% of the goals from this defense on the season. That's two of the three total that they've got from the blue line that this guy scored. So they won't, won't drop him until, unless he has a couple of boneheaded efforts in, in his back pocket. We haven't seen that yet, so he's going to get a longer look here. Well, and to your point, they've got just three goals from the blue line, and none of those have come from Brent Burns. In fact, he's gone eight games in a row without a single point. Uh, Shots on goal are still decent. Uh, 31 shots on goal in those eight games, including seven, uh, most recently against Anaheim last night. And so it's not for for a lack of opportunities. His ice time, he's, you know, pushing uh, 26 minutes per game. And so I'm not sure what's uh, not working right for Brent Burns right now. It could certainly be the absence of Paul Martin. I, you know, I didn't think it would be uh, that much of a concern to have him not playing with Martin, but it it certainly seems to be the case as he just has not produced uh, at all really this year. And definitely uh, the Norris trophy does not seem to be headed his way, at least at this point. No. And you know what? That ties into a hot take that I had in our analysis of this club in the preseason. I said he was due for a down season, and I fi- I'll tell you why I think it's happened. It's because I think mo- now goalies and team defenses are keying on him a lot more and realizing that this guy's a shoot-from-anywhere type player, one of the top guys in shots on goal. As you pointed out, he's still up there with the shots on goal. I just think people are ready and really focused on him, really watching him when he's on the ice, and that's been to the detriment of his scoring exploits. He's, uh, he's still the same player, but now he's been more well-scouted well, uh, more well and they're game-planning for him a lot better than they were before. Over in St. Louis, unlike the Sharks, the Blues have seen a ton of offensive contributions from their defense. In fact, Joel Edmondson is not an expected source of that offense, though he has five goals and two helpers in his last 12 games from the blue line position. It's not a fluke when you consider his shot rate is up to almost two per game. That's higher than his career rate. But I'd still rather count on Pietrangelo or Pareko as guys I uh, look for in terms of producing offense on a regular basis. Edmondson, uh, I'll say, is fooling 35% of the owners around fantasy who have owned him so far i think he's due for a, a fall a precipitous fall in terms of those scoring exploits i don't see him keeping that up and another guy who's been an enigma throughout his career over uh, he finds himself in st louis maybe last chance saloon for magnus payarvi maybe playing himself right out of the league aj has his ice time has shrunk to almost eight minutes a game in his last game this guy showed tons of offensive skill as a world junior star but can't even figure it out on this potent club, I think uh, real trouble here in terms of longevity of his career. And anybody who's holding on to faint hope, I think it's uh, that, that flickering flame is about to go out. Well, I, they're actually uh, defensively going to get another boost. You, you talked about Edmonton or Edmondson, uh, Petrangelo, Pareclo. Jay Bomeister is set to make his season debut tonight uh, after having sat out the the entire start of the season uh, with an injury. And so they'll get him back. He hasn't uh, been as much of an offensive contributor of late, but he's got a handful of 40 and 30 plus point seasons under his belt. And so the, the veteran knows how to how to score and that'll really boost them as well. I think my question is what happens with Vince Dunn? Uh, he uh, the youngster has gotten a, a real good look, um, has three points in his last four games, but they might want to send him down and kind of go a little bit more of a veteran lineup there in favor of like Carl Gunnarsson or Nate Prosser. Uh, and so I'm interested to see what happens with Vince Dunn now that Jay Bomeister is back in the lineup. 
Uh, over in Tampa, both of, both of you and I have been on this team since the get-go, and I projected them as the eventual Stanley Cup champion. You went a homer route and picked Pittsburgh. I, I, I'll give you that. Uh, and uh, yet, we see Tampa's rolling along atop the league standings, so I feel pretty good about that call, but sad for my Maple Leafs who are blocked here in this division. Uh, the you know this club is so good they can afford to see Tyler Johnson's offensive production tail off to only nine points in 20 games and not really panic about a guy who was a first line center here while Stamkos was out with injuries over the past couple of years. I feel like we have to continue to be cheerleaders for one Yanni Gourd uh, who you brought up earlier in the season. I'm on that train right now. Still his ownership is below 50 percent. He's got four goals and three assists in his last seven games and still in a second line role on the most potent team in the league. If you can't pick this guy up in your league if he's available you're doing something wrong here in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, it finally finally happened. We knew it would eventually. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky loses a game in regulation for the first time since October 7th uh, when they went up against the Islanders. Gave up four goals, uh, which certainly isn't great, um, but that followed uh, quite a run uh, prior to that of uh, 14 games with at least earning his club at uh, one point. And so I expect him to bounce back very quickly from this uh, this outing. And honestly, he should be able to give up four goals and still potentially come away with the win, given how potent that offense really is. And so uh, I expect him to continue rolling, the club to continue rolling. As long as they can stay healthy, I think everything's going to keep working in their direction. You know, speaking of a team that was rolling, it's the Maple Leafs. Uh, they got their signature player back uh, on Saturday night as, as they blew out the Canadians. I'll be doing a documentary on that 6 nothing victory. Uh, I, I have so many good things to say about that night, and it happened against a team that I love to hate as well. So fantastic night for me. But they followed up with a stinker last night against Arizona that I could see coming for miles, AJ. This team has not lost in Toronto since 2002, so I just thought this was a... Uh, the ultimate trap game but it's time to look at Austin Matthews as he reached the 100 game ma- plateau in his career I want you to consider these stats uh, in terms of his goal, st- goal scoring exploits 52 goals in this era in those 100 games played that puts him in the company of uh, Lemieux, Gretzky and Ovechkin and that actually exceeds what Crosby did in his first 100 games AJ just a note for you he had 49 in those first 100 games so that's the kind of rarefied company that Matthews is in he had a goal called back last night and then hit the crossbar subsequently when they were pulled the goalie so he could have even added to those totals as well uh in addition i like mitch marner's game it's back to peak form and i think he's the second best talent on this team so the points are going to come for this guy and people that were concerned about his sluggish start can shelve those concerns he's going to start scoring regularly but the assists are really piling up for him right now and i say the same for willie nylander that's quite a trio that they've got up front and i would say don't drop any either of these two guys until further notice jake gardner on the other hand aj don't even let me finish that sentence (laughs) well i mean i I think it's it's indicative of this team that they're so uh talented on their their forwards uh that there are definitely question marks on the blue line now they've got a handful of guys that are really solid defensively and that's really all that i think they would ask for here you know freddie anderson uh, can you know can get a little help by having defensive minded uh, blue liners rather than guys that are trying to look to jump in the play 
and Anderson's been fantastic as well. Uh, if that combination of defenseman and goalie struggles, you've got the talent at forward uh, to overcome it. And so I think everything's working. I wouldn't be too concerned about your favorite player, uh, Jake Gardner there and what he's done. Um, but I do want to point out one kind of interesting thing. Zach Hyman, despite being on that top line, and it's a role that he seems cemented in, really hasn't added much in terms of production. I mean, he hasn't scored a goal in his last 12 games. He's got just five assists over that stretch. He's not playing any power play time, despite that, that as I said, that top line role. And so his lack of production is kind of interesting considering how well Matthews is doing, Nylander. Uh, and I almost wonder if they want to try moving you know, somebody else there or maybe it's just he adds something uh, that's not going to show up on the score sheet uh, to that top line. And so why re- you know, mess with something that seems to be working? Yeah, the fact is that his, his role is the digger in the corners, uh, freeing up pucks, and he gets them to his teammates. Should translate into more assists, really, but it hasn't. That's just weird but uh, the value that this guy brings is certainly in puck retrieval and he wins a lot of battles down low and that's why he's he's in there also, also the physicality maybe keeps the flies off of uh, Matthews and Marner a little bit too as as Pat Babcock is like as I want to say in Vancouver their goals against is down around half a puck uh, per game and they've been without a pair of better they're better blue lines blue liners for a stretch in toy stetcher and chris tanev who both possess above average offensive skills so they'll be worth a look in season-long play in support of a forward complement that is now looking deeper than we originally thought aj this team in fact as a whole is looking a lot better than we originally thought one guy who may see a lesser role particularly on the special teams with uh, this shakeup on the blue line that's coming around is one alex edler i was high on this guy as a power play quarterback he's held that role for a number of years but i think he's looking like he needs to pass the torch as he's had done very little of late with no points in five games since he returned to the lineup recently up front louis erickson is showing signs of wanting a bigger role as he regains his health after producing three points in his last four games all of these developments in terms of the players that are coming back from the infirmary are reflective of competition for ice time pushing all these players to be better that's more good news that was unexpected in vancouver Absolutely. And uh, to your point about injuries, Chris Tanev and Troy Stetcher are expected to return at some point during this uh, road trip. Now they've got five more games left in it. So when that's going to be, you're going to want to watch, you know, rotowire.com, the the injury uh, updates closely. If you have these guys to figure out when uh, they might return, Uh, it's, you know, but the fact that it's sometime, uh, you know, before the end of the month here is definitely a good sign for them. And I have to give a, another shout out to this new and improved top line, the Sedinless top line of uh, Berchi, Horvat, and Bozer. All these guys continue to produce, uh, and it's a great sign of the future for this this club. And uh, I think all things are, are coming up positive for them. I kind of attribute them almost uh, the way they're performing to last year's Maple Leafs that they're showing the talented uh, youngsters are clicking. They're starting to show something. You're not really expecting them to make the playoffs, but maybe they could surprise you. 
Well, and speaking of a team that's surprised, the spectacular Vegas debut will get a boost this week as first Malcolm Subban returns, and after that, Marc-Andre Fleury will be back in the nets as well. Confidence in this team's amazing debut continues to grow among the fantasy community as Subban's ownership grew 10% in the past week, and he didn't even play. They're just anticipating his return to game action behind a team that's getting more wins than losses by uh, two-to-one margin here. Three more wins in their last four games, all against conference foes, only helps to build their playoff prospects. In fact, they got 10 more games coming up in the Western Conference. If they stay hot in that stretch, they'll go a long way to securing a really unexpected playoff spot, AJ, if they can do well in the next uh, couple of weeks here. William Carlson is the hottest of their forwards with six goals and three helpers in the past seven games. People who keep waiting for their bubble to burst continue to miss out on some nice pieces like him right here. Well, yeah, I think the, the point about Subban is, is well taken. Uh, there was this assumption that as soon as he was healthy, he would immediately slot back into the lineup. And I think it, it has to do with the fact that Max Lagasse has actually performed well in the last three. Now, he definitely understandably looked uncomfortable when he first came in, uh, was only able to get one win in, in those first six games, but has three wins in the last four Uh, Aside from the seven-goal shelling at the hands of Edmonton, which there's a lot of teams that have suffered that fate over the last couple of years, uh, he's only given up two goals in each of those other three games, all victories. And so I think the fact that he's starting to perform well gives them a little bit more time to ease Malcolm Subban back in. But I do ultimately expect at some point here, Subban will take over until Flurry's ready to go. Uh, we definitely have probably seen the last of, last of Oscar dance this season. Once he gets cleared, uh, those other guys are already going to be there. He'll head straight back to the minors. So uh, things are looking up as far as, uh, you know, surprise playoff team. Paul, speak for yourself. This wasn't a surprise to me at all. Yeah, that's maybe the hottest take of the offseason. And that goes to you, my friend. Well done. Uh, in Washington, it's time to recognize John Carlson for his career best level of productivity. In a, uh, he's on a, uh, looking forward to his best offensive season in the face of no credible offensive support from his fellow Blue Liners. It's one thing to be productive, but quite another when you know other teams are keying on you as the sole option. But he's expecting some help with the recent return of Matt Niskanen, who came back to the lineup a couple of games ago. So that'll help uh, take the take the burden off him a little bit but Carlson has risen with some of the, while some of the other top defensemen have slipped a little bit as you mentioned earlier it may also be time to keep an eye on Devante Smith-Pelly who is now in position to play on a line with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin up front that's been the lion's share of the offense here so you want to ride the third party who has been inserted here most recently and he's a physical guy who will protect these guys as well as be a, a guy who will be hanging around the net for those tip-ins and uh, and rebounds Well, and I think if you jumped in on Chandler Stevenson just because he got promoted to that top line, uh, you're probably regretting that decision at this point. He's got just one assist in his last five games. His ice time hasn't uh, dramatically seen a huge uptick. You know, you would expect way more than one assist playing along with Backstrom and Oshie. And I expect this will go back to Jacob Vrana at some point here. I think this is more about Jacob Vrana's recent struggles than about uh, you know what Chandler Stevenson has to offer. Now, I don't expect Stevenson to find his way back to Hershey anytime soon. I think he's with the club uh, for a, a longer stretch at this point, but I expect him to come back down to earth. Third line, fourth line, could occasionally even get bumped for Nathan Walker. I think Jakob, uh, Jakob Vrana is the top option on that line. It's just going to take a little bit here. 
AJ, finally, we wrap it up with a look at Winnipeg. From the start of this year, I have watched big Tyler Myers and wondered if he could rediscover the form of his early career when he showed that he had a big offensive upside and a couple of offensive season totals that reflected that in his early career. He's getting power play time with the big guns up front, added his third goal of the season last night. All three of his goals are on the special teams. One was a shorty, in fact. We know the guys uh, up front drive the bus here. So I want to also highlight Joel Armia for his recent hot streak of four points over his last three games. He's even a part of their power play rotation, though a lesser known player than some of the guys that are featured there. Keep an eye on Armia. He's been productive right now in that role. Well, and another guy in that fourth line that's uh, really performing well is Matthew Peralt. Uh, He was out for a while for injuries, but he's got five points in his three games back. That's really making this team that much more dangerous when you think about a fourth line that has guys like Peralt and Armia who are producing at that level. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up, if they get looks uh, on different roles because they're producing. So we'll see what happens long term. But all things uh, considered, getting that kind of scoring from a depth line is really going to propel this team uh, through the rest of the year. AJ, it's time now to turn our attention to football matters and our sponsor, FanDuel, reminding our listeners that fantasy football is there for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. No busted seasons, something for everybody. In fact, there's lots of contests to choose from, starting from just as low as a dollar. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your scores rise in real time. I love that aspect. And reviewing week 11, AJ, Carson Wentz and the Eagles are rolling along, looking like the class of the NFC after pummeling my Cowboys on Sunday night. That was tough to watch for me. I didn't even stay till the end of the game. The Saints, however, are my second favorite team behind Bruce Drew Brees. They pulled off another win in very dramatic comeback fashion over another hated rival of mine, the Washington Redskins, so I delighted in that. Meanwhile, closer to home, the Buffalo Bills got destroyed after making a coaching change, a quarterback change, and are getting roasted in the local media for that decision. On the other hand, your Packers got shut out at home, and I wonder, AJ, when was the last time that happened? I have no idea, but you want to talk talk about tough to watch. That was definitely it. I've never been so glad to have to work during a Packer game, so I didn't have to focus on that. Uh, But let's talk about that QB change in Buffalo. What an abject disaster. I mean, clearly, Petterman wasn't ready. Uh, This is 100% on the coaching staff who are going to face the unenviable task of having to earn back the trust of the locker room after you know making such a bad decision. Uh, on the upside, you've got to talk about the Minnesota Vikings running away with the NFC North, and that's after a really dominant, uh, dominant performance against a quality Rams team. So uh, it looks like they're the toast of the NFC North right now, uh, and you would think you know, that maybe the Lions could be a little bit more competitive with the Packers having a down year. Uh, But unfortunately for them, it looks like it's going to be all Minnesota the rest of the way. And that's got to delight our big boss over at uh, Rotowire, Pete Schenke, a noted Vikings fan, a long-suffering one, I'll add to that. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. Why don't you join that list, just like AJ and I, uh, to take advantage of our special offer for new users. In fact, we want you to sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six month rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the nfl sunday million which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on fanduel just visit fanduel.com slash rw of course these contests are void where prohibited aj let's get to our uh, fanduel segment with a dfs segment with a three game slate here run through the contest for us and we'll uh, start making our picks 
Yeah, definitely a light load tonight after a, a heavy Monday uh, slate. So as Paul said, just the three games. You got Vancouver at Philadelphia. That's the 7 o'clock game. Uh, I think that's going to be one of the more interesting ones to watch. I think those teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, if you want potentially a one-sided affair, Edmonton at St. Louis at 8 o'clock, although the Blues have been uh, really good of late. Uh, so maybe it's one-sided in a way that I'm not really uh, inferring there uh, you know, because of how Edmonton has struggled. And then Paul's game of the night, I'm sure, is going to be Montreal at <laughs> Dallas at 8.30. I know you'll be glued to that one. Yeah, absolutely right. I'm going to be watching my second favorite team. That's Dallas tonight, folks, as in any team that faces Montreal becomes my second favorite team for that night. Um, also interested to see how Alexander Radulov fares against his former club. He was a very emotional leader there, just as he is trying to do in Dallas. That's his shtick. It's worked out well in both locales, and you can see that Montreal's missing out on that. AJ, I'm curious to see what, how you go with a narrow slate like tonight. Uh, let's show, show our listeners your roster here. Well, I'm going to do something that I probably have never recommended before um, tonight, and that's a, a uh, Vancouver stack. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I like uh, the matchup against Philadelphia. I don't think I'm being biased in that one um, as, you know, as <laughs> you the are. avid Penguins fan. <laughs> you are. But I, I do think uh, with such a limited slate, you really need to take advantage of some of the top players. Uh, when they're available, especially in 50-50 contests. But even in uh, tournaments, if you miss out on these guys and they go off for a big night, uh, their ownership's going to be high and you're going to find yourself outside the cash. And so for that reason, I'm going to pay up the big bucks for Connor McDavid at 9100 I know that's a huge price tag, um, but he is uh, the top or one of the top talents in the league. Uh, so I think missing out on him tonight would be really to your detriment. Now, of course, if he doesn't produce, you've wasted a ton of money on him. Um, but Connor McDavid always seems to find a way. Now with him, I'm going to go Jonathan Druin for 5,500. He's a lower cost option. I'm not quite as sold on on Dallas and, and Ben Bishop, especially with his struggles of late. I have some concerns about tonight's contest. Uh, and so Druin, I think, can find uh, the back of the net as well. He's a top six role uh, winger. I'm going to go again to that high profile player. I'm going to pay up the 8300 for Tarasenko. Uh, and for all the same reasons that I highlighted uh, about picking up McDavid, I'm going to go Leon Dreisaitl for 7200 That's another top price tag. Uh, but I think these guys uh, need to be in your lineup. And I expect a lot of goals out of that matchup both ways. Uh, and then I mentioned it before that Vancouver top line, Bosner and Bershey are my guys tonight, both coming in uh, less uh you know, less than 5,500. You got Bolser at 5,400, Berchi at 4,400. I mean, that's really a steal. Uh, and I think a player that you really uh, want to have in your lineup tonight with how good they've been. Now you see how much money I spent on the other guys. Uh, and so my defense, I'll admit is kind of a throwaway tonight. I found cheap top line guys, not necessarily expecting a lot out of them tonight, but uh, I wanted to avoid spending a lot of money on the blue line tonight. So I've got Darnell Nurse at 3,900 and Jordy Ben at 3,600. Uh, and so really, as I said, just kind of throwaway numbers. And then in goal, I'm going to go with Markstrom at 7,600. Uh, he's a, uh, the lowest cost option out there uh, tonight among decent starters. He's had a great start to the season and I think can really produce well uh, tonight. So that's my lineup. 
as I said, a, a Vancouver stack, something I've never recommended before. And who knows, I may never recommend again. Uh, but I think the matchup is great tonight. That's what I did with my lineup, Paul. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to head uh, head mine with a note that uh, I went homer in the three games, looking at the three games, taking a look at the home teams and saying that I can find players in each of those clubs that will fit my roster quite nicely. And here's how it shook down. I took uh, Sean Couturier, who's been blessed with Voracek and Giroux around him on a top line in Philadelphia that's really dynamic and really particularly dangerous on the power play. $6,700, all you pay for that first-line center. And another first-line center who's been a really good playmaker but not producing as many points of late is Paul Stastny. I just think with uh, the shaky Edmonton defense and goaltending, it's a night where the homestanding Blues can run up a score and Stastny will be part of it. I pair Stastny with the first of my wingers, Jaden Schwartz, who is a consistently productive force in St. Louis offense. $6,800 of price tag there. And I, t- I spoke of Radulov facing his uh, former friends on the Montreal Canadiens. $6,600 of price tag there. You know this, gonna be, this guy's going to be uber motivated. And, you know, some of the players in a key game like this, they pin up a sum of money in their dressing room. And you, bet, you can bet Radulov has done this to go to the, t- the player who scores the winning goal there. Sarsley motivated to help their new recruit uh, and, and defeat his former mates. Wayne Simmons, a guy that gives a lot of teams fits for $5,000. That's a bargain for this uh, truculent winger. I'll use Brett, uh, Brian Burke's term there to describe this guy, but he always seems to be noticed when I, noticeable when I watch him play. Alex Steen, a guy who is uh, hit and miss in terms of offensive contributions, but I think he'll be motivated against a Western Canadian club. This is where, near where he was from originally, and uh, $5,500 a price tag there. Another St. Louis Blue that makes the lineup, Colton Pareko, one of those defensemen that's risen to the task in the absence of uh, other players there. $4,600 a price tag for the first of my defensemen. And then I pair him with Shane Gostisbehere, who is a, kind of a linchpin power play quarterback type in Philadelphia. I think Vancouver's goaltending has been great, but Philadelphia's got a wonderful uh, power play, and Gostisbehere, a key part of it, for 5600 bucks. The goaltender, the other representative from Dallas, is Ben Bishop. I just think Montreal is a mess right now, and this looks like the easiest win on the board, and that's why I went with him at $8,600. I'm curious to know what the optimizers got for tonight's game, AJ. Well, it picked a couple of guys that we both highlighted. Uh, Optimizer has Connor McDavid, again, paying up for that uh, huge uh, $9,100 price tag. And then pairs that with Oscar Sundquist of the Blues for just $3,100. I find that a a bit of an interesting uh, decision there, but Sundquist is projected to be on their second power play line, uh, is in a third line role. I've seen him firsthand when he was with Pittsburgh. He definitely has some talent. Uh, I I personally probably wouldn't use him tonight, but as a maybe contrarian pick, if you're in a GPP, uh, not a bad option. Uh, and then it goes again to Tarasenko paying up high for him. Uh, Max Pacioretty for 6,900, I think is a decent play tonight as well. As I said, uh, you know, Montreal, a few, uh, you know, could uh, outperform, I think, tonight. Optimizer likes your Wayne Simmons pick for uh, the Flyers at 5,000. And then Ryan Strom uh, for 3,600. Again, that seems very similar to the Sunquest pick. Third line role, but projected, projected to be on that second power play unit. And then defensively, uh, the Optimizer spending a little bit more than, than uh, me, especially, but even a little bit more than you. Starts with uh, Shea Weber, who is technically listed as day-to-day. Uh, you're going to want to make sure, if you use him, to make sure he's in the lineup tonight. 
Uh, he's coming in at 5,200. And then Colton Pareko, who you highlighted uh, at 4,600 uh, for the other defensive uh, player there. Jake Allen, the netminder for the Optimizer tonight at 8,800. I have questions about that uh, going up against Edmonton. Uh, that is a team that can score. And so that's why I would stay away from him. But uh, the optimizer likes that matchup tonight. I do, too, because Edmonton's kind of underperformed on the season in terms of goal scoring. So maybe that was factored in the decision. I'm going to talk about another goalie in terms of the stud of the week and uh, shouldn't be surprised to our listeners who followed the fortunes of the Maple Leafs last week. Freddie Anderson allowed one goal in three games played. AJ, all this guy's done in his career, in fact, is pile up the wins. It may surprise you and many of our listeners that Anderson has the third highest win percentage among all goalies who ever played with more than 200 games played in the NHL. He's only behind uh, Ken Dryden and uh, who's the other guy? It was... Braden Holpe. That's the other guy among the active players. So that's pretty good company for Freddie Anderson. Uh, quality number one goalie. He's uh, been, a, been a surprise uh, to me in terms of the fact that this team's defense has been shaky. The goals against average has been higher than I'd like to see it. I think when they button that down, when they're going to add some defensive help later in the season, you'll really see the, the numbers for Freddie Anderson get right down there among the top uh, goals against averages and save percentages. He's, he's batting, battling uphill with a defense that is very shaky, an offense that likes to give up a lot of scoring chances. They've been outshot nine games in a row right now, for example. But one goal against in three games last week, he gets the nod for me. Well, we're really, I think it's overlooked uh, when talking about Anderson is how good he actually was in Anaheim. Uh, 77 wins and 125 appearances. A lot of teams would take that from their netminder. Uh, what helps him even more now with uh, that he's with the Leafs is that when he does occasionally struggle, which I mentioned before, as all netminders inherently do, uh, he's got some firepower behind him that can bail him out. And what about the rant of the week, AJ? I went with Radico Gudis and Max Pacioretty. Hits from behind are gutless, folks. Gudis got, got caught, and rightfully so, was slapped with a 10-game suspension. He's widely recognized for this pension of crossing the boundaries, but Pacioretty uh, has gotten away with it twice this year that I've seen in the last few weeks. He hit uh, Dustin Bufflin in an overtime situation, and the hit... Uh, subsequently led to a goal because the Bufflin was down. They were f- effectively on a power play for the rest of that sequence, and, and they scored. And it was disgusting because he hit, uh, hit Bufflin on the blind side, knocked him flying and out of the play. No penalty call. It happened again on Saturday night to the Leafs' Nazem Kadri. He got away with it both times without a suspension. I'm watching you, Patches, and I don't like what I see. To you and other cheap shot artists, I say straighten up and fly right. There's no place for this in my favorite sport. Well, Gudis did everything he could uh, to make it sound like this was unintentional, uh, but there's no way to accidentally bring your stick down on the back of somebody's head. Uh, Hopefully this can serve as a wake-up call that this is not going to fly in today's game, and if you want a spot on the ice, you're going to need to adapt and clean up your actions. And AJ, uh, that wraps it up this week's podcast in the books with Statsman and AJ. Remember to send your comments and questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. That's A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z-2-4. We hope you've enjoyed this show and circle back to get more roster updates, injury news, and other topical news from around the league on November 28th when we're back in our next Tuesday time slot. You look forward to doing the podcast hockey podcast every week so you get all the latest news and our tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy contest stay well everybody